Masichet Sukkah, Daf Zayin, an amazing Daf with uh, five different uh, topics, main topics. Uh, first, we're going to talk about a case of uh, when you have two full walls, plus you need a little something. There's three opinions about what else you need. Uh, then we're going to talk about the case of two parallel walls, side by side, not touching each other. And there's also three opinions uh, about what else you need, the minimum, to fill in for the third side. Then we're going to see an absolutely fascinating thesis by Dava that a sukkah and Shabbat definitions can affect each other because there is some overlap. What is considered a home, a wall for the for sukkah, and what's considered a partition for carrying on Shabbat. And we're going to see an amazing thing that uh, definition of one, even though they are different definitions, if it's Shabbat and Sukkot at the same on the same day, the definitions can actually change each other. And then we'll see um, about sunlight coming from the side from the walls. Is that permitted, or does it have to be shade even from the walls? And lastly, we'll see eight different opinions who require a permanent structure. Dirat uh, Keva, against what we saw Rava uh, uh, at the beginning, who says it's Dirat Adai, a temporary structure. Okay, so we, get, we begin with the case that the Tosefta mentioned, where all you need, although you need three walls, all you really need is two full walls that are adjacent to each other. And the third one, we already saw two opinions, one by Rav and one by uh, Rav Kahana. Rav mentioned this one, that you can just put it on the, 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 this edge of this wall or this of, uh, edge of this wall at a 90 degree angle, and that is sufficient. Then we saw the second opinion that said you should put it on an angle. Uh, that way it's, it's uh, pointing towards the other one, and uh, that way visually it looks more like it's actually enclosing uh, the structure. And now we, we, we begin with a third opinion. Uh, which is here. Um, Rav Simon. Simon is the same as Shimon in Hebrew, uh, but when it turns into Greek, it becomes like Simon, and uh, back into Aramaic, it becomes to be Simon. So he says, He requires a little bit more. You take a, not just a tefach, but a smiling tefach. A smiling tefach is like 1.1 tefachim, a little bit bigger than a tefach. It's called smiling because when you smile, your, uh, your mouth expands. So this is an expanded tefach. And don't put it right adjacent to one of the walls, but rather away from one of the walls, a little bit less than three tefachim. Uh, because anything that's less than three tefachim is called lavud. It's considered as if it's all connected. So it would end up looking like this. Right? You have two full walls. And the third one, you take a little bit more than a tefach and put it a little closer than three tefachim. Therefore, this little less than three tefachim is considered as if it's filled in. So we have, as if we could make believe, a wall of four tefachim. Now the minimum size of a sukkah is seven tefachim, but four out of seven is already the majority. So you have, uh, by filling this in and considering it a majority, you have more or less, well less, um, as if a wall of seven tefachim. And so that is sufficient for 
um, a wall, and therefore um, you have almost uh, almost a full wall. So that's the Bisimon who requires more than just a tefach like the other opinions. Um, good. Now, Amar Rav Yehuda, Sukah Asuya Kemavoi Keshera, Beoto Tefach Mamido, Lechol Ruach Shehirse. Okay, so now we're going to see, we finished A. Um, now we're going to see B, three opinions about two parallel walls. Rav Yehuda is going to put, make a hand breath anywhere you want. We're going to have Rav Simon again. He's going to do a similar configuration, but this time he's going to require 4.1. Uh, hand breadth wall, 2.9 away from the edge. And we're going to see Rava that says a doorway. So we saw Rav Yehuda first, and he says like this, right? You have two full walls parallel. So you need a tefach. By the way, if you're listening and not looking uh, on YouTube, um, I, I recommend you stop because we're going to see a lot of pictures today and it'll be make, make it much easier. So you put a tefach anywhere uh, adjacent to any of the, the edges of the wall and that's all you need. That is the first opinion of Rav Yehuda. Rabbi Simon, uh, Rabbi Simon, or others say it was Rabbi Yosha ben Levi, you take a board that's four tefachim plus a little bit, right? A smiling one. And put it a little bit less than three tefachim hand breaths away from the edge of the wall. And that will be as if it's filled in. So end up looking like this, two full walls. And now you have something that's four and you put it close to this one. So this is lavud, it's like nothing. So you actually have a wall of seven tefachim. Once you have seven tefachim, that, that itself could be uh, a wall. And so then you can ignore the empty space. Uh, already have something that looks very much like an enclosed area. So that's all you need. Um, now, obvious question. The B.C. Mon taught two things. Why? And, and they're different. Why? How come in the case of adjacent walls, like an L, all you needed was one smiling tefach, and you put that less than three away from the wall. And in this case, when you have parallel walls, you require a board that's a little more than four tefachim and putting that three, three more. What's the difference? Why, are, why don't you say the same thing for both? And the answer is, Explanation doesn't really add too much information, but basically he's saying um, in that first case where you have two walls, proper walls, proper walls in the sense that they are connecting to each other. So that creates an atmosphere of an enclosure. So because you have that, it's enough just to put one more tefach, three tefachim away, and you'll have a full sense of an enclosure. Here, when you do not have two walls, see, you do have two walls, but because they're side by side, it looks more like a hallway or a thoroughfare. It doesn't quite have a feeling of a room. So therefore, in that case, you need to have more, you need four tefachim of uh, a solid wall, put that more than three away, uh, a little less than three away, and then you have more of an enclosure. So it's better to have adjacent than to have parallel walls. Okay, and now we're gonna get to the last opinion. Okay, we're gonna see actually three different versions of Rava's statement. The first one disagrees with what's above, 
and says, no, you need, is no good unless you have a surat ha-petach. Um, a surat ha-petach we are familiar with from Eruvin, which is you have two poles and a, uh, a long beam on top. And so this is a, a doorway, um, right? Because any wall, you're always going to have doorways. So how many doorways can you have? How big can a doorway be? We solve all that in Eruvin. So you need something that looks like a doorway and that will fill in the wall. So that is Rava's, uh, Rava's opinion. Um, now, uh, and I'm interpreting the, I'm going to interpret the Talmud that Rava is still talking about this case of two parallel walls. And he says, for the parallel walls, you need a doorway. Um, and that is, seems to be the opinion of Rabbeinu Hananel and Harambam. Rashi uh, is kind of uh, interestingly, strangely interprets the, this statement of Rava, which I called number three. He says, this is an answer number four to the first case that Rava is talking about adjacent walls. According to that, it's a bit strange that we were talking about that topic, that we went to parallel walls and then we're coming back to the topic of adjacent walls. So I don't think it's necessary to do that but in the pictures that we're going to see, the pictures follow Rashi. So um, I'll try to explain it both ways. Okay, so Rava, in version number one of Rava, disagrees with what's above and says you need a doorway. Version number two, he says either or, you can follow the opinions before and put a tefach or four tefachim, whatever the B. Simon said, in whichever case, and, and then the rest of it, um, uh, you could do that, or you could do a, a doorway, as I said. The third version, you need both, uh, some kind of tefach somewhere and a surat petach. So that third one, here's a picture of what it would look like um, according to Rashi, who says it's talking about a case of adjacent walls. So then you'd have to do what a Simon says, take a tefach and put it less than three away. And the rest of it, you'd have to make a, um, a, a doorway. Um, according to the way um, I prefer to interpret it, like Rabenu Hananel is talking about this case here. He's continuing to talk about parallel walls. And so you'd have to do what a Simon said. And in addition to that, you'd have to make another pole a vertical pole here and a horizontal pole on top to fill in the rest. Okay, so that's the, that's the three versions of Rava. And now we have a little story. Ravashe one time was walking around and he saw Rav Kahana was using the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the tefach, with a little more than tefach, following the B. Simon. And he was also making a surata petach. Um, this is possibly why uh, Rashi, Rashi says that uh, it's talking about adjacent walls, because in this story that comes right after, it's tefach shochek, not four. Okay, anyway, he sees this. says, why are you making both? Don't you know what Rava says? Rava says, you don't have to do both. You can do either or. You can make a, a, that tefach away from the wall, or you can make a sorta petach. Why are you making both? And Rav Kahana answers, I follow the third version of Rava that you need both of them. Okay, so this is a very nice story, and that is going to be the 
halacha because it ends with it. Um, it's an interesting story because for a few reasons. First of all, we have these three ikadam, the three versions of Rava, right? When when did these start? When did when did we get confused about what Rava said? Um, since uh, you know, normally I might say it's at the time of the editors of the Talmud. They gathered together and they didn't know. But according to this, you see, even in the times of Rav Ashe, Rav Ashe is a sixth generation uh, Amora. And uh, he's talking to his colleague Rav Kahana, and so already they have different versions of Rava that uh, that they're discussing. Okay, another thing, thing that's interesting is see Rava Rav Kahana is talking to Rav Ashe, who is sixth generation. So that means Rav Kahana has to be around the sixth generation. Uh, on the other hand, we had another Rav Kahana um, over here who was talking to Rav, and so that would have to be an earlier generation. Um, so you see that there must be more than one Rav Kahana. Um, and uh, there actually is, Rav Kahana is a, a very common name. They're all Kohanim, but they are, um, uh, yeah, we had it, this, the, the conversation was uh, up here. Rav Kahana, Rav Rav. You see Rav Kahana is talking to Rav, who's first generation. So there are many Rav Kahanas, they're all, they're all Kohanim, but they are not, do not, do not all live at the same time. Okay, so that's just a little interesting biography. And that concludes this section A and B. And now we're gonna get to a conceptually very interesting section of Rava's thesis, comparing sukkah, uh, requirements of sukkah and requirements of Shabbat. So here it is, shetan kil chatan. So now we're definitely going back to the case of the tosefta of two adjacent walls. Amarava vechen le Shabbat. He says, this is also true on Shabbat. Because two walls plus a little bit that tefach that you put somewhere, since it is it is considered a an enclosure for a sukkah, so too it will be considered walls and an enclosure to create a reshut hayachid on Shabbat. And here's a nice picture that will explain it better. Okay, so here, um, here you have one wall of the house, another wall that's full, and you add another tefach, uh, according to the, uh, that first opinion of Rav. And so for, if you put schach on top of this, then you have a perfectly fine sukkah, according to those opinions. Now, what if you want to carry in and out of the house on a normal Shabbat, not when it's not sukkot, this is not sufficient. For, for Shabbat, in order to make it a shuta yachid, you need three walls. And it's not sufficient to have this uh, imaginary wall here. However, here's Ravaz Chidush, when Shabbat falls out on Sukkot, because this is a good definition of an enclosure for Sukkah, that definition transfers over for the laws of Shabbat. And if you carry in and out of the house on Shabbat of Sukkot, that's perfectly fine, which is quite an amazing thing. The very same action, the very same structure, one Shabbat will be prohibited and the other Shabbat will be permitted. Question? Yeah, but then in order for that to be the case, you must have put schach. Yes, it's assuming there is schach, correct. Okay. 
Um, good. Uh, I was trying to think of an analogy to anything else that's, that's like this. The best I could come up with, like, you know, if there's a, a drug that's approved by the FDA for diabetes, but not for cancer. Um, so, uh, but then there's some studies that show it's good for cancer. So the, you know, the, uh, your insurance company won't cover it for this, but we'll cover it for that. But if you happen to have diabetes and cancer, then they'll cover it for this. And then they'll also cover, you know, even if it's a higher prescription for cancer, even though it doesn't make sense, because why should they cover the higher prescription if they don't cover it? if you didn't have the, the diabetes. So something like that. Sometimes you have something that is considered valid for one definition, then it can transfer over to, to, to the other definition as well. Okay, so that's absolutely fascinating. Um, his colleague Abaye is going to challenge him. Do you say this, this principle of since? Since it's defined as a wall for sukkah, therefore it's gonna be defined as a wall for Shabbat, when Shabbat, Shabbat is on Sukkot. We have a Braita that seems to say not so. Dofen Sukkah, ke dofen Shabbat, ubad shelo yehe ba kane lachabero shelo shatevachim. So this Braita starts off saying in what way they're, they're the same. A uh, wall for a Sukkah is the same as a wall for Shabbat. In both of them, you have to make sure that between each read and the next one, you don't have three tefachim or more. As long as you have three less, three, less than three tefachim, we call it lavud. So theoretically, you could have a, for a Sukkah, you could make a Sukkah just out of um, reads that are three uh, less than three apart each one. Um, and in fact, we do this. If you ever see the lavud sukkah, the sukkah just with straps, you don't even need walls and you don't doesn't even have to go up to the top because we can add good asik. So you just need um, th four or so uh, straps of down here and the rest could be empty space. You could also do it vertically if you have like a picket fence or something. So that this is true both for Shabbat, you have to make sure that Nowhere do you have a space that's bigger than three tefachim. But here is where the difference comes in. Uh, Shabbat is more machmir than a sukkah because a Shabbat, yeah, you can have some spaces here and there, but you have to make sure that there's more solid wall than space altogether. If you count up all the solid wall, that's to be the majority. So you can't do, you can't have a lavud wall, a total lavud wall like you can have on sukkah. And on for a sukkah, you can have more space than solid wall. Here is a picture of what that this might look like. So you have, you can use lavud a lot, but for Shabbat, you have to make sure that there's more wall space than empty space. Um, if this was switched, you know, if this was, um, if you uh, took out part, each part of this wall, it would be okay for a sukkah, but not for Shabbat. Okay, so that's one way in which Shabbat is more. Now, that's the Braita. Now, if we analyze this Braita, it looks like it's saying the laws of Shabbat are more chamor than a sukkah, right? My love, yetera Shabbat de sukkah, a sukkah, velo amdin an migo. It sounds like even on Shabbat of sukkot, that, that there'll be a chumrah than a regular, than the laws of sukkah. So that would mean, for example, if you had sukkah, fell, Shabbat falls out on, on sukkot, which it always does, that would mean that in such a case where you have more uh, empty space than not, um, that you would be able to eat in the sukkah and sleep in the sukkah. But if you carried from the sukkah 
to uh, to to the to your house, then you'd be chayav because for the laws of Shabbat, it's not an enclosure. For the laws of Sukkah, it is an enclosure, and that seems to be the simple reading of Yetera Shabbat al al Sukkah. So that's Abaye's challenge to to um, to Rava. I, We don't see the principle of Migo in the language of Yetera Shabbat al Sukkah. So uh, Rava answers, La Yetera Shabbat Alma al Shabbat de Sukkah. Well, no, I, I'm I'm totally fine. What the Braita means to say is Shabbat. 51 Shabbatot of the year is more machmir than Shabbat when it's on Sukkot. 51 days of the year, if you had a totally lavud Sukkah with more space, uh, then it would, more uh, uh, a booth, then um, with more space, then that would be considered shutarabim, and you wouldn't be able to carry from there into your house. But on Shabbat of Sukkah, it's okay. Uh, because since you're permitted to have a sukkah that way, so too you can have it on Shabbat. So he can say, I'm fine with the Braita. Abaye challenges him once again. Now the, sometimes there is the other way around that the laws of sukkah are more, mach, more machmir than the laws of Shabbat. It's very interesting because they're just different conceptions of an enclosure. Um, for, for sukkah, you need to make you need to make a room, an enclosure. On Shabbat, you need to make, and it has to be, uh, for sukkah, it has to be kind of recognizable as such. For Shabbat, it has to be a partition. So there are different different definitions. So um, in what way is sukkah more machmir? Uh, so for a sukkah, which we just said, if you have two two walls, you need the third side to be a little bit, uh, let's say two walls uh, parallel. You need the, no, two walls this way, right? You need the third side to be uh, expanded, an expanded tefach, a little bit more than a tefach. Whereas Shabbat, it doesn't have to be. All you need is a lechi. We're talking about a mavoi now. What's a mavoi? Let's remind ourselves. Um, but, uh, by the way, this is this will be a case that we had just now of uh, on Sukkot, you have a sukkah that has more space than solid wall, right? Because you have two almost almost totally empty except for the tefach, and you have doorways. You're allowed to have doorways. If you count up all the solid area, it's less than the open area. So this is okay for a sukkah. According to Rava, it would also be okay. Normally, this would not be okay for Shabbat, but according to Rava, on Shabbat, this would be fine as a reshut hayachid. Okay, a mavoi that we're talking about is like this. On Shabbat, if you have two walls and the Rishut Terabim is in front of it, then you, all you need to do is put a lechi and on a Doraita level anyway, Midrabanan, you actually need three walls, but he's considered, he's talking about on the Doraita level. On the Doraita level, all you need is two walls and a lechi that could be just a tefach. Whereas for sukkah, you need the lechi to be a little bit more than a tefach. So here's a case where sukkah normally would be more machmir than Shabbat. And yet, you, Rava, you say, if you put schach on top of this mavoy, on top of this alleyway, imagine this schach on top, that would be a good sukkah on Shabbat. So this is an amazing case where it's the other way around. If I made a sukkah like this during the week, it would not be good because, right, we saw two parallel walls. It's not sufficient just to put a lechi, right? You have to have a bigger lechi, move it away. We saw the different opinions about what you have to do. This is not good as a sukkah during the week. But on Shabbat, because on Shabbat, this is considered an enclosed area as a mavoi, 
And therefore, the laws, the definition of Shabbat can transfer to Sukkah, and on Shabbat of Sukkot, I am allowed to sit in the Sukkah. So this is an amazing a law the other way that the very same structure I cannot eat in on uh, during the weekday, but I can eat in on Shabbat of Sukkot. So the question that Abaya challenges him is, how come the Baraita doesn't talk about this case? If the Baraita accepts Migo, then it should have brought this case as well as a flip side. Sometimes Shabbat is more machmir, sometimes Sukkah is more machmir. And Rava's answer, Rava answer is, he said, really, the Braita would agree with it, but it doesn't even have to say it. It's obvious. If something that is more mekel applies to something more machmir, the thing that's more mekel here is the laws of sukkah. Law sukkah is a misvat aseh. And you can take the definition of sukkah and apply it to Shabbat, which is chamor. Shabbat is karet, sikila. Uh, so then all the more so you can take the definition for something chamor and apply it to something that's, that's mekel. And therefore, I wouldn't even have to say that the case of Mavoy, which is an enclosure for Shabbat, for sure it will be an enclosure for sukkah. The Braita didn't have to say it, but indeed, I agree that is the case. Okay, so that's the end of Abaye's challenges. Rava happened to talk about yet another case of transferring definitions. So now we're going to go into it. Gufa, Amarava, we only quoted a little part of what Rava said above. Here's the full statement. It's two statements. This is one we saw already. If you take a mavoy, which is a, an alleyway, it's two sides and just one lechi, and you put schach on top, that's a kosher sukkah on Shabbat of Sukkot. That's number one. He also said, if you make Pesach on top of this enclosure of brackets, we mentioned this the other day, that the rabbis had a special kula for people traveling Sometimes they come, they come to a well and they'll, they'll stay there. Their caravan will stay there for Shabbat. Um, but, and they need water. So you have a well. A well itself is Rishut HaYachid. Everything around it is Rishut HaRabim. So now it's very difficult to go build a whole structure around it. So the rabbis made a special kula for the sake of getting water that as long as you put brackets on the corners, right, one here and each of them, you don't need full walls. This architecturally looks like, it draws your eyes to look like there are four walls walls, and that is sufficient for the laws of Shabbat. Now, nobody thinks that this is okay for a sukkah. Sukkah has to have two full walls. You can't just have corners. Actually, not nobody. We saw the Biyakov, remember, way above with the poles on the roof. So he might agree with this. But everybody else says that this is no good. Here's Ravaz Chidush. If it happens to be Shabbat and Sukkot on the same day, because this is a considered and an enclosure at a shutayachid for Shabbat. Therefore, if I put schach on top of it, it's also a kosher sukkah on Shabbat of Sukkot. Not during, not on Sunday, not on Monday, but on Shabbat, this is an, a good enclosure. So this is the third case of um, transferring definitions. If it's good for Shabbat, then it's good for sukkah also, although normally it wouldn't be. 
Okay, now why? Now we ask, why does Rav have to talk about both of these cases here, the case of Mavoy and the case of Paseh Biraot? If you only told, told us the first case of the two walls, I would say, okay, you find you have two solid walls. So I, I understand that I can transfer that to a sukkah. But regarding the corner brackets, where I don't have, I don't even have one full wall, I might say, no, I cannot, I can't apply the definition to a sukkah to that extent. So that's why he has to tell me the second case. If he only told me the case of the corner brackets like this, I would say at least here, there's a, uh, a sense of four walls, right? There's at least the beginnings of four walls. Like it looks like something. But with the Mavoy, there's really only two and a little thing. Third one, the fourth one is not is there. Uh, is not there at all, I might say no. That's why Ravah tells us both of these cases, each of them has a chidush. And now uh, these two cases, it tells us besides the other one that we said, these two cases I'm learning from Shabbat to Sukkah, which is Chamur Temekel. But I might not know that I can learn from the laws of Sukkah to the laws of Shabbat. So therefore, Sericha, that's why Ravah also had to tell us the other case, when you have two walls uh, uh, adjacent and tefach sochek, which is permitted for the laws of sukkah, he teaches us that on Shabbat, you can also consider that, uh, on Shabbat of Sukkot, you can also consider that a reshut ha'yachid, even though we're learning from the kula to the chumrah, from sukkah to Shabbat. So this is uh, a really fantastic chidush that Rava has taught us. Okay, so that's number three. Now, we're going to talk about the walls. Uh, the Mishnah mentioned that the schach has to have more shade than sun. Okay, what if there's, um, uh, what if you have that, but the walls are open, one of the walls or whatever, or the walls have holes in them, or like this case where you have lots of sun, right? You're sitting there and you're not getting any shade at all because the wall is open. Is that okay? Or do you have to have um, a shade from the walls as well? That is the next question. And so we begin. There's more sun than shade. It's no good. So the Tanakama, which is what we follow, is that we're only talking about the definition of the sechach has to have more shade than sun. But the walls, they could be made out of see-through material. They can have holes in them. They could be, you know, missing one plus walls and have plenty of uh, sun coming in. And we don't care about the sun that's coming from the sides. However, the Biyoshia says, I have to take into account walls as well. A wall is not a good wall if it has more sun than shade coming in. as to have, uh, has to have uh, uh, be a complete wall. Okay, that's the Biyoshia. What's the source of the Biyoshia? Um, the Pasuk says that you have to put a screen, which by the way is the same root as Sukkah and Sechach. So you have to cover or protect over the Adon with the Parochet. Now the Parochet is the curtain that divides between the Kodesh Kodeshim and the Kodesh. So it's not actually on top of the Adon, 
And yes, yeah, so it's, it's a vertical wall, so a curtain separating near the Aaron. And yet it, it calls it Vesakota. So parochet, parochet mechisa, it's a division. And yet it calls it protecting. So therefore we learn that the walls also have to protect um, uh, as schach, and so it has to have more shade than sun, uh, even though it's just a wall. So that seems to be a very interesting and pretty good proof. So we turn the tables with Rabbanan. What are you going to do with that pasuk? And they say, yes, true, most of that curtain is vertical. But this pasuk teaches us that on top, it should bend a little so that it will be um, covering the Aron, or at least look like it's covering the Aron. Um, so part of it is, is horizontal as well as a roof. And that's why it's called the Sakota. Um, so really, the Sakota is only for something that protects from the top. All right, good. That is uh, the end of part D. And now we get to the last section, part E, which is eight different opinions that say you need a permanent structure. Uh, so this is said by Abaye, Amar Abaye. If we remember, Abaye and Rava are really at it today, right? Um, we had them arguing before. Rava is the one that said way at the beginning that it should be defined, Sukkah should be defined as Dirat Arai. Um, and that's why you can't have the walls or, or walls too high. Abaye seems to be uh, trying to muster a lot of proof against Rava and says, look at all these opinions that say, um, even though it's true, you're only living in it for seven days as in a temporary time period, nevertheless, the building of it has to be built as a permanent residence, right? You have to make it into your home. So he's going to see that in uh, eight different halachot. Rabbi, uh, each, each halacha is said by someone else. Rabbi, Rabbi Yoshia, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Gamliel, Ubet Shammai, Rabbi Eliezer, Va'acherim, Kulehu Sevira Lehu Sukkah Dirat Keva Ba'inan. All of these eight sages from different time periods, different issues, but they all agree that it has to be a permanent structure. Okay, but they all disagree on the definition. In fact, they internally disagree with each other, but they have this in common that they um, think that something is more permanent than whoever they're disagreeing with. Now we're going to go through all eight. Rabbi said the minimum size of a sukkah widthwise is four amot by four amot. That's the size of a room or a house, according to definitions like for mezuzah and ma'akeh and other things. So you see he needs it has to be the size of a permanent structure. And this is against the other chachamim that said just seven by seven tefachim, enough for your, you know, for your body and a, and a table or just your body. So that's much smaller. So the B says it has to be the size that would be like a permanent structure. Okay, that's number one. The Bioshia says it has to be permanent structure because he said the walls have to be more, give more shade than sunlight. Well, that's a characteristic of a permanent residence that you have walls that are somewhat solid. That's two. That's why this whole thing is brought right here. So from the highest uh, sukkah, the rabbis say it could only be 20 amot or uh, less than 20 amot. The um, Yehuda uh, says it can be even more than 20 amot. To make it more than 20 amot, you're going to have to make the walls out of something really solid to hold up that structure. That's a permanent structure. That's exactly the case that Rava disagreed 
and said he followed a banan that say you need a uh, an impermanent a, a temporary structure. So uh, Abaya picks up on that and says, look, according to the Biuda, you need a permanent structure. Rabbi Shimon, the Tanya, Shetaim Kilchatan, Ushlishit Afilu Tefach, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Shalosh Kilchatan, Urbit Afilu Tefach, this is my Chokabi. So yesterday, according to Tanakama, you need two full walls, and the third one could just be a little bit. Rabbi Shimon says you need three full walls and a fourth one a little bit. So the fact that he says you need four walls, that's a permanent structure, right? Permanent structures have four walls. Um, or three plus walls. So the Bishimon is counted in the list against Tanakama. Next, Rabban Gamliel de Tanya Sukato Bedosh Agala O Bedosh Sefina. Rabban Gamliel Posel Bedebi Akiva Machshir. So the Braita says, according to Tanakama, if you make a sukkah on top of a wagon or on top of a boat, this is like, uh, you know, Chabad makes their sukkah on top of a pickup truck. Right, so the uh, Bangamliel says it's no good. Biakiba says it's fine. So the Bangamliel says no good. Why? Because it's not a permanent residence, right? People don't live on top of pickup trucks or or boats. Generally, I guess you know there are nowadays we have these big boats that you can live on, but in those days not so much. So therefore, um, it's not a permanent structure if it is on a movable uh, area. And the next opinion is Bet Shammai, Ditnan. Mishayar Roshov Rebo Basukah Veshulchano Betoch Abayit. Bet Shammai Poslin, Obet Hillel Machshirin. So according to Bet Shammai, if you have a, a, a minimum size of, of a sukkah, if, or not minimum sukkah, this is how you use it, could be, right? Um, if you have your head and your body, no, we're talking about size here, right? If, it's size, if the a sukkah is big enough to hold your head and most of your body, but not your... Uh, not your table, then it's no good. Why not? According to this, we're saying, because it's not a permanent structure. Something that's so small that you can't put any furniture in it, in it your, your table is no good. Betilel says it's okay because a temporary structure, you don't need your table. Okay, this is very interesting because um, this is the different from Rabbi Uda, who said before, he says he needs permanent because it's four by four. Who dis- he disagreed with Rabbi Shimon, with, with Bet Shammai. Uh, so we see in this list are people that disagree with each other, right? Um, uh, and regarding the size. So Rabbi, according to Rabbi, you need four by four. That shows he needs permanent structure compared to Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. But within Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel, Bet Shammai needs it to be more permanent in terms of size and usage, you need your table in there more than Betilel, who doesn't require those. Okay, this is also super interesting because up above, we said the reason for Bet Shammai that you need your table with you is because if the table is outside, you're going to inch out, right, is a gezera that you're going to end up being outside the outside the sukkah if your food is outside the sukkah. And Betilel didn't care about that. Um, that was a gezera shema. We have a general rule that anytime you see the word gezera shema, it's a bavli uh, reason that is not found in, anywhere in Tanaitic or uh, Yerushalmi. So really that reason doesn't make sense. That would be the Peshat of Bet Shammai. So you see here, the bavli itself gives another reason for Bet Shammai that, who were requiring the table to be inside with him, that he has an idea of it being more of a permanent structure. Okay, and then it would be Eliyahu. Is it none? How says kemin serif o shesemacha la kotel? If someone makes his uh, sukkah um, like, uh, like uh, I'll show you a picture. Uh, this is Bet Shammai. Uh, like a tent 
or you just put the uh, a wall and the wall goes up to the you know on the diagonal up to the other wall this is no good because there's no roof and so now we're saying to be Eliezer must agree that it has to be a permanent structure because no one lives in a permanent structure in a house without a roof um, you can make other things like that a, a hut a tent or something a storage unit um, this thing over here is a dovecote, right? You have all the birds living in there, but these things have no roofs, and that is not a permanent structure. And that is why the Bieliezer says it's no good, even though Chachamim say it's okay. And lastly, Acherim de Tanya, Acherim Omerim, Suya Keshobach Pesula, and La Zaviyot. Sorry, this is the dovecote here. Um, that if you make a sukkah like a dovecote, it's no good because it's round, and nobody lives in a round house has no corners. People like to have a corner to, you know, feel cozy. And so if it's, uh, if it's completely round, it is no good. Oh, there you go. So that's all eight different um, opinions that have this in common, that they have some aspect of the sukkah that looks like it's going to be a permanent structure. Okay, this last statement that you cannot have a round sukkah will be the subject of analysis tomorrow uh, when we calculate the, uh, the uh, ratio of pi according to the Talmud, um, but you'll have to wait till tomorrow for that. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.